0: Is Metro PCS using you like an ATM? Then flip off Metro PCS and switch to Boost Mobile and save. Right now, if you switch to Boost, you get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE data per line for only 50 bucks. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, get up to two free LG X-Power phones. That's two free phones. Uh, Boost is the best value in wireless among national prepaid car- carriers. And it's all powered by the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network, which Carcon Carne runs on. Uh, don't miss out. Visit a Boost mobile store now. Boost makes it easy to switch, and switching, yep, makes it easy to save. Ralph Covert is here. It is Carcon Carne. We're going to eat Mexican food. Yes, indeed.
1: Let's rock it. Let's boost it. It's Carcon Carne. Let's
2: eat in the car. It's Carcon Carne.
0: This is the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. I'm James Van Osel. This is My Car, uh, the show brought to you by Boost Mobile. And in the front seat of My Car, the incredibly talented. He is a musician. He is a writer. He is everything. A kids' music <laughs> superstar. You've, you've had stage productions. Playwright, you've written yeah. books. I, I don't even know where to start. A Grammy-nominated guy, Ralph Covert. James, pleasure to see you. A bad example, if you will.
1: I have known to set some bad examples.
0: Uh, so, it, it, right as we start here, I want to talk about where we are. I want to go on Facebook Live, if that's cool.
1: That's good by me.
0: All right, so we're going to do that. Excellent. Let me put this in position. I have a lot of wires here, Ralph.
1: There we go.
0: Uh, hi, here we are. It's Facebook hey. Live. I'm James Van Osel, sitting next to Ralph oh, Covered, the Grammy-nominated, the, the titular Ralph of Ralph's World. Titular. 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 Uh, <laughs> The bad example, a Chicago favorite. He's a playwright. He's a Grammy nominee. I am honored to be so. And uh, we're here in Pilsen. We totally struck out tonight.
1: We tried to go for uh, the berria ber- 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 of my. I, I wrote
0: it down. I, I couldn't even yeah, say it myself. Goat,
1: we were trying to get goat tacos at this place down the street from my studio.
0: Berrera rayas de Ocotlan, Ocotlan, yeah, yeah. uh, and it's all goat stuff. And Ralph said. Well, we can go there and get goat tacos. So I looked at the menu, and that's all they have. That and, like, what head happened? cheese. They were
1: closed or something?
0: Yeah. The light was off, and there was... uh, They, they weren't doing it. So we're around we the corner. We went to... I don't even know where we're at. I just picked the nearest taqueria. Uh,
1: at, to, uh, tortillas Las atotonilicos.
0: Well said. Well said. They uh,
1: goat.
0: So we're here. Yeah, we got goat tacos. Yeah. I just kind of want to show... Facebook Live what we're eating and by the way this podcast orchata. will be available in two weeks giant orchata, and oh this is God, a delicious so orchata.
1: it's very good orchata.
0: delicious okay uh, we should show off
1: our tacos yeah Before we talk some music Let people
0: see what we got going on you got yours cone queso I got yeah. mine seen queso
1: living and seen as you
0: uh, oh, yeah we are living in, oh these are definitely mine mm, I don't see good. any queso here Ugh. This is good. this we didn't get napkins just so you know oh, Ralph there are no napkins towels, so I might just... have some in my uh, glove box all right so this some. is we got goat pastor and steak the
1: goat looks to be the bomb
0: I've never had goat oh. this is this is truly a first for me Here are yours sir
1: thank you my friend
0: These look delicious all right so like I said this will be available as a podcast in 2 weeks the goat yes we're going to make the goat into a podcast nice The world's tastiest podcast and uh i I will say thank you for watching this on facebook live at some point i need to switch people over to watching on carcon carne live i don't think uh, i'm quite there yet but oh look at that the queso actually looks i didn't know if it was bad form to order cheese on a taco in pilsen that's kind of like
1: probably i don't care
0: it's kind of improper right i just don't care because you're ralph freaking covert that's why i'm gonna
1: eat what i'm gonna eat
0: uh, so we're going to talk about a lot of stuff in this podcast. Oh, whoa. Wait, hang on. Why is there more food? This is another taco.
1: What is going well, on they here? They gave us three of each? What is going on here? <laughs> okay.
0: It's like the taco tap has just been opened up.
1: We ordered tacos.
0: We ordered one of each. They gave us three of each. Oh, this is madness. Oh, I'm... I.
1: You are set for the week, man. Uh,
0: the week. Oh, wait. There are napkins here. Success. Uh, So I guess we could start talking and then save the rest for the podcast. This is the tease. Oh, Ralph Covert just shared my video. Thanks. Thanks, Ralph Covert. Thank you, Fiona. Can we start start at the beginning with you? Yep. Can we start with Bad Examples? Sure. When I was a younger me, fresh out of getting kicked out of college, (laughs) uh, Bad Examples were really one of the first Chicago bands I became familiar with in that late 80s early 90s period mm-hmm. and my perception of bad examples at that time was this was the band this was the band poised to take over the world
1: we were the band so tell oh, me tell me about know. that time well um the code I only amazing. ask questions
0: when you have food in your mouth by the way
1: so yeah uh-huh um those were the days when we're just coming out of the 80s where everybody had you know, big hair and makeup, mm-hmm. synthesizers. Punk had happened, but it hadn't gone mainstream. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think I just said goat.
1: Oh, the goat is so good. Um, it's a little uh, weird,
0: but I have yeah, it's not bad.
1: Great, great flavor. Mm-hmm. So the uh,
0: there's nothing more glamorous or sexy than eating on camera. By the way,
1: true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. The tacos ato Nico over there and McDonald's. I mean, why is that place even open? Right, it's and McDonald's. there's a churro place down there too. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So back then, the only way you could make it was to be on a label. Right. And the whole every band their whole their whole journey was like, how do we get signed? How do we get signed? That, how do we get signed? That was it. That was
0: the aspiration of every band. Every band. Was, let's get a showcase. Let's get some labels. Let's right. send out our
1: demo tapes. But it, it struck me even back then that I mean, you sign a label, and uh, they own everything. Right. And... You
0: never actually make money because they spend a yeah, amounts me. of cash on marketing. You need to be stratospheric in sales mm-hmm. to ever feel comfortable as an artist mm-hmm. monetarily.
1: hmm And so...
0: That's how they get you.
1: Well, so even back then, I decided that I didn't want to do that. So, from the very beginning, the bad examples, before DIY was... Thing, mm-hmm. we were DIY. We, in mean, our first show, we, we played our. We had, we had a cassette for sale at our first show because I, I believe you need to have something to give people, right? Yeah, something to sell them. Got to so, have merch. Got to have merch. So we did the first day. I don't know if you know this. Um, the Meat was our first cassette. Mm-hmm. Our first M E A T. Yep. It's a playoff. Meet the Beatles. Yeah. Only well, we Meat M E A T. So, but what we did every every cassette we I taped a condom on it.
0: Did you really? Yeah, by hand. By hand. That's expensive. I, 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 well, I
1: duped them. I, I, I made the tapes myself in my living room, and printed the covers at Kinkos.
0: And they were all magnums that you taped on there.
1: <laughs> 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 well, I, no, they whatever was cheapest. But it was those. Those are the. It was the eighties, so the AIDS thing had come out, right? But mm-hmm. it wasn't. Um, it was still very. You, you couldn't. Con- people didn't talk about condoms, and you, right. couldn't, you had to go to the drugstore. It was very, you know, very embarrassing. So what I did was. But beginning of the night, I'd be selling a cassette with a with a condom attached. But the end of the night, I'd be selling a condom with a tape attached. So it really worked out pretty well right. from a marketing standpoint.
0: Well, it's true. Uh, bad examples are a social lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> bad examples have always been a conduit nice. to nice. getting people together and
1: in one on one situations. Mm-hmm. So no, but the kind of the, the um, meat really generated. You know, I saw, I made like however many hundred copies, and I figured it was done. And I was, then we could make a real record. And then people were like, oh, can I, can I have that record? Oh, It's sold out. What What, what do you mean it's sold out?
0: Oh, Wait, lost the mic. Sorry about
1: the thump, folks.
0: I want to thank Kevin for watching. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Fiona Gray <laughs> saying this is so amazing. Excellent. I want to thank Stephanie for watching. Nice. And Frank. Frank. And Dana. And Craig. <laughs> Craig Bechtel. He's not dead yet, so hopefully that food won't kill him. Nice. Uh-huh. Excellent. All right, keep going, sorry.
1: Well, when it came time to make Bad is Beautiful, we kind of realized we needed to just take, take our time figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. So we spent a couple of years making that record in the studio. Just and when that came exploring.
0: out, you, you taped Lube to the, to the individual <laughs> <I know>. releases. <laughs> it just got progressive. By, by the time you were like three albums in, it was like a ball gag. Exactly, you know. yeah,
1: no, exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, we just we built it up one fan at a time, one club at a time, and really just trying to like
0: uh It's a very good western it, approach. I mean it, it was, was very a
1: blue collar approach yeah. to music. It was like how do we, you know, we didn't want to how do we do this so that it's a, real fans, real people. How do mm-hmm. we do this so that you know, for us it was about connecting people, connecting with people through the music.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it was just a weird time. You talked about how you know, at that point hair bands were kind of rolling off and you
1: kind of got in there
0: right before music took another seismic shift and even when "Not Dead Yet" came out, I mean, there were rumblings from the Pacific Northwest. You're right, and I, I think that had some influence on how Huge. far you could take bad examples at that time.
1: Tremendous. I mean, I remember we were on we were on on tour, and I um, went into this um, at a college radio thing somewhere,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm waiting for my interview, and you know, the guys are outside in the van. I'm waiting to do my interview, and the the DJ plays this uh, this record of it. It's it. It's a really great sounding song. Like, this is awesome. What is it? Oh, it's this 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 He holds up this record cover with a baby reaching for a dollar bill. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Little did I know, it was Nirvana. Yeah. I mean, we literally had um, major labels calling up Water Dog saying, Um, we'd really like to sign Ralph with the bad examples, but do you think do you think Ralph could sing out of key and they could make the guitars sound really nasty? If so, we could sign him. Yeah. And, and Jay that worked with me That ran the label for me He's like He's like No Click?
0: Well you I mean you always had that classic Midwestern power pop Sensibility Which can work with Fuzzed out guitars But that wasn't what people Were looking for
1: mm-hmm. I think what we did With the Bad examples That was really unique Was We kind of fused Intelligent lyrics Great melodies And songwriting With kind of a Blues, pub rock sensibility
0: Pub rock, that's fair you know,
1: But we had You know, we had a, You know, with guys like Tommy O'Brien And John Do on the guitar We had guys that, that Played the blues and play You know, soul music with mm-hmm. the best of them So they really brought that That earthiness Right Into it, you know And I think that really in You know, was A lot of the pop people A lot of the, the, the power pop people Back in the 90s disowned us. I mean, we, we were not... The power pop people wouldn't accept us back then because we were too bluesy. That's interesting. Isn't that strange? Now it's like, whatever, you guys, or whatever, it's, it's power pop. But back then, in the 90s, the power pop people had, wouldn't have nothing to do with us. Well,
0: and th- that leads to a question I hadn't even thought of asking. Back then, in that period, was the scene fragmented in, along those lines? Or was it supportive? Very, much, very Did, Were there fiefdoms? Were there...
1: The 90s, where everybody was... In the 90s When Pickles Bukarski Joined the Bad Examples On bass All of his Rockabilly People Were mad at him That he had sold out That he was like Turning his back Right You know John Dewitt Had been playing With a legendary Blues band And joined joined The Bad Examples You know All those blues people Were like Oh And he's like His joke was I play both kinds of music but you know it was very back then it was weird it was pre-internet obviously it was the early 90s and everything was very genre walled in yeah you know and we weren't we were one of the few bands that was just like kind of absorbing everything well
0: all right. I want to hit pause so we can eat some more okay Uh, thank you Facebook Live for watching peace and on the podcast you'll get to hear this again and it'll be amazing it might even be a little bit edited thanks Uh, for watching folks And on the podcast, you're also going to hear Ralph talk about Ralph's World. I will?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I love Ralph's World.
0: Talk a little bit more about Bad Examples, everything else he's done, being nominated for a Grammy. That was cool. That was cool. And just uh, overall, Ralph Covert, magic. magic Uh, But thank you for watching. This will be on Caracol Carne uh, in two weeks. Thanks, Facebook Live. Peace out. Love you. So, all right. (laughs) The cameras are off. We're blowing noses. We're, we're, we're dripping stuff we on our yep. on our shirts. Yeah. Rock it. All right, so let's jump ahead a little bit, uh, or a lot bit, I guess, from Bad Examples to Ralph's World. Ralph's oh. world. I'm sure you've told the story a million times, but you kind of backed into being a children's artist. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, tell the story
1: again. Well, when well, my daughter Fiona, who wants us to bring home tacos for her, like your son Noah.
0: Oh, my gosh. I hit pause for two seconds... Ralph's daughter, Fiona, told him to get food. My son texted me, Hey, if the tacos are good, bring some home.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> called being a good dad.
0: Absolutely. And for the record, your daughter... Or you have a daughter named Fiona. As do I. We're, nice. We're, we're parental twinsies. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so, I had started doing wiggle worm classes at the Old Town School mm-hmm. when she was young. Uh, and, every, and I kept doing it because it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And, and the... Mom of one of my kids was sick with the flu or something, so the dad brought it brought the kid in. And it was Jim Powers from Many Fresh Records. Mm-hmm. And on the way out, he's like, Ralph, I didn't know you were Brendan's Wiggleworms teacher. I'm like, Jim, I didn't know you were Brendan's dad. Uh-huh. So we got to talk and he's like, well, Do you want to do a, a kid's record? I'm like, No.
0: Like not even a moment's hesitation, no. you just flat out,
1: no way. Because kids' records suck. <laughs> why would I do that to the world I mean I know what kids records sound like they're terrible and he's like oh, let me take you to lunch and I'll buy you lunch so we can talk about it and I'm like
0: hearing you say that is exactly why people like Ralph's World
1: exactly so he said I, c- come on let's make a kids record I'm like no I don't want to I spent my career making music that's worthwhile I don't want to do that he's like well but I said well I said I would will be willing to make a great record that kids like Hmm. And there was a long pause. He said, "I think he just cracked the code." So that's what we did. We set out not to make a kids' record, but to make an album of great music. Uh, and we, you know, I insisted from the beginning, and Jim was all on board with it. You know, we do use great musicians, great studio, and great songwriting. And that, we, that we, we, I said, you know, we're I'm I'm good at being an indie band. You're good at being an indie label. Let's not try to pretend to be some Kids thing. Let's be the Wiggles. Be the You're Wiggles. Ralph Covert. Yeah. Let's just let's approach this like it's like an indie rock thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And so he took all his strengths with the label, and so we were like playing club shows at twelve o'clock where mom and dad could have bloody Marys, and we're hammering the in stores and Borders, and you know doing all the stuff you do to, to to support an indie rock record back then, and nobody had done that nobody hadn't done
0: I believe that's probably true
1: it was true and it it blew up it, it, you know, back in, in 2001 2002 first couple records I mean it was like the only thing on the landscape making this great music for kids and their parents mm-hmm. and it blew up from there and the double the other thing that happened that was really nice was you know you were talking earlier about uh, moms and dads, or people, people making connections that you were joking around about. But, bad
0: example shows, right? yeah.
1: But that's what happened. I mean, people would come. The bad example, bad example shows were like a a social thing. People came and they they would see the bad examples four times a month. Yeah. It was consistently. It was always different. It was always good. They would always come. People and, knew
0: it was going to be a good time.
1: And so they all and so all the people that came got to know each other. And so they ended up. People end up meeting either they're either going with the, who they're dating or meeting their future spouse. I'm
0: going to
1: a bad example, let me go down
0: a tangent real quick. What you're describing is true
1: community. It was a community. It was and, it, and and what a wonderful thing to be able to achieve with your band. And I mean to me walking around the cr- the crowd talking to people it felt like a community. It was yeah. like and then I'll give you a quick side story in a second, but one thing that really launched Ralph's world was all these people happen to be of the age where they're having young kids at the exact point Yeah. where, they're in the, the same, same way that my cycle, career, yeah. I was in the same life cycle as them. Funny story. So I'm at an uh, early Ralph's World show at uh, Tower Records on Michigan Avenue back mm-hmm. when it existed. And Matt Walker had played on, uh, at that point, the, I think the first or second record was out. And Matt Walker played on the first eight, nine, well, he's played on all the Ralph's records. He played all the drums on most of them. So, An
0: uncomfortably talented musician. So, such a great guy. Mm-hmm.
1: Matt Walker, for those folks that don't know, uh, uh, is Morrissey's drummer. Uh, has toured and recorded with Garbage. Uh,
0: he's played with the Smashing Pumpkins. He means. replaced Jimmy
1: Chamberlain in the yeah. Smashing Pumpkins, which leads into the point, because he was a good friend. He programmed Billy's solo record, pro- programmed mm-hmm. all the drums and that. A good friend of Billy Corgan's. So... Matt would, was actually Billy Corgan, who I knew from Pumpkins and the Bad sure. Examples, came up at the same time when we knew we knew each other. Didn't know each other, but we knew who each other were. We, yeah,
0: I don't see those bands existing in the same circles back in the day.
1: No, I mean, he and I knew who we were, and we'd yeah. see each other at a breakfast restaurant and be like, hmm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, but, so, but Matt had played Billy the demos of the first Ralph's World record before it came out. Okay, because he'd been over it, you know, working with Billy on 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 stuff. So, I play this Tower Records in store, and you know, all the kids dancing, yada yada. Sign the autographs, yada yada, and it's done. And the Tower Records gives me a gift certificate for fifty dollars worth of CDs. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, you made it. So I'm I'm shopping. I'm going through the CD racks, and I, uh, as I'm kind of like kids today don't know what it's like to flip through records and flip through CDs. But that's was what, the know. best best yeah, afternoon like physically, ever. Physically, like looking at mm-hmm. the CDs, right? So, and and the person next to me we're like going opposite directions we bump into each other and we both, was, oh, it's Billy Corgan. He's going left, I'm going right. And like, oh, hi Billy. He's like, hi Ralph. <laughs> and he's like, you know, it's still happening. I said, what Billy? He's like, Bad examples days to now, he's like Eeyore. He really is like Eeyore. He's the Eeyore of rock and roll. And I'm the Tigger. He says, You know, Ralph, it's just like it always was. Your fans are so much nicer and so much more fun than my friends. Even back, it's just, I saw those kids running around. Just like bad examples days, they're smiling, they're laughing. They're nice people you'd want to talk to, and my friends or my fans just look at their shoes and frown. <laughs> Your fans are better than my fans.
0: Oh no, he did not say <laughs> he did that. I said,
1: I said, I said. However, you've got a few million more of them. Right. He's like, well, yeah. I guess that's a good thing. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and he smiled. He was very sweet about it. It was, it was him being, you know, supportive. <laughs> a little supportive. self-deprecating supportive in his best Billy Corgan, Eeyore sort of way. So you put out that first album. He's actually a good guy, despite I, despite what all the punk people say about him. You
0: put out the first
1: Ralph's World album. Thank you, Billy.
0: What Did you think this was just a one and done, like, yeah, I'll try this, I'll write these songs, maybe make them general general audience, and then I'll yeah. go back to being Ralph Covert? All that? I,
1: yeah, I had no aspirations to... I, yeah,
0: absolutely. What was the first indication that... Holy crap! This is actually a thing.
1: Uh,
0: like I, I, this Ralph's World thing is. I've got another album in me. I've got another album after that in me.
1: I well, it just it just took off. I mean, the 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 shows were going, the things were selling. I was playing all these in stores. People were loving it. Uh, uh, mean um, we recorded we did like, it was like the Beatles it was like three albums in the first two years <laughs> you know I mean it was just like exploding you couldn't It was. you couldn't help but be excited by the chance to to, to pursue it and then like little things like uh, my publicist says oh because uh, you're wor- worried when you start making kids music you're like okay I'm, I'm I'm leaving the cool circle right I'm going to the the lame lens right uh my my publicist is like oh uh, I can't publicize this because he's a personal friend of mine but Paul Simon has two copies of your first album one for his Manhattan home and one for his Hamptons home because he he went he took the kids to the, to, to the Hamptons house and left the CD in the Manhattan thing and they How screamed bloody murder so now he has a, keeps, a seed, keeps a copy of your album in, in, in either house Hello,
0: darkness, my old friend. It's like,
1: all right. (laughs) Maybe this is not so bad.
0: That's outstanding. Here's how I knew. Um, Ralph's World World was, it's hard to say, Ralph's World was really coming together. I was at a radio station in, this is probably 2003, 2004, and a guy I worked with said, yeah, I'm going to a North Shore birthday party. They got Ralph's World to play the party.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice to be name-dropped.
0: Yeah. I'm like, Ralph Covert. All right. That's awesome. Dude doing money. Uh, you're making some money on the on the private uh, kids party circuit.
1: Oh man, back I mean, back when it was blowing up, like people would be people would be flying me on private planes out of Chicago to do their birthday parties in different cities.
0: Well, and this it was just crazy back then. And this speaks to what you said. There was nothing else nothing in that else. genre playing like you were. He's it's 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 playing, playing down. It's,
1: it's a genre now. They call it kindy. Awesome. It's a genre. <laughs> How about that? It's awesome.
0: Tell me about getting the Grammy nomination. How did you react when you found out?
1: Kind of like... I it, it, I guess two things. One is... I, I decided early on in my career, long before The Bad Examples, that... Um, I had a couple long conversations with myself about what is success. Um, I n- know the music business is so uh, artificial on some levels and, and fame and quote-unquote traditional success are so random. So I decided two things very early in my career that have served me well. One was that... For me, I measured success by being able to do what I wanted to do with music. So as long as I was making the music I wanted to make and doing what I wanted to do with it, that I was succeeding. And I decided to not aspire to or measure myself by um, or place inordinate weight in the traditional mileposts. Of, you know, million sellers or Mm -hmm. this award or that award or whatever. And it really served us well on the bad examples. Because we used to say one of our mottos in the band was uh, we wanted our albums to be, for us, a hit record, a hit album was one that people played when they were in the kitchen doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. That if somebody made it a part of their life, that that was more important than it being a number one record. If people made it essential to their personal soundtrack. So that's what we always, that's how we weighed it within the bad examples. And I carried that over to Ralph's world. So something like the the Grammy nomination, it was like, whoa, that's, it's totally cool. It's totally cool. But at the same point, it, it just, it drifted past the bubble mm-hmm. um, of what mattered to me. Things that matter are, uh, I was talking to a fan at a show a couple weeks ago. The dad came up to me at this show, and uh, we, we shot a pilot uh, to a TV show a couple years ago. We've been trying to get the series made, but we shot mm-hmm. the pilot, and they have a copy of the DVD, and he came up, and he said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but um, my daughter has had some serious medical conditions, and... We, uh, as a result of some, some surgeries that we had to do with that, uh, or, you know, we were in the hospital last year, for an entire month, uh, and it was the tubes sticking into her from every direction, and she was in pain, and frustrated and uncomfortable. He said the only thing that comforted her comforted her was the time machine Ralph's World time machine guitar DVD. He said, and I, I kid you not, I watched your DVD 20 times a day <laughs> for an entire month because anytime it was on, she was at peace. Oh, my God! And when it was off, if she wasn't sleeping or she wasn't watching your DVD, she was in agony and miserable and crying out.
0: Ralph, I, I'm listening to the story. I, I want to cry as I'm listening to this. Right? How did, you, how did you
1: respond I I, I I teared up and I hugged him and I was just like I'm honored I'm mm-hmm. I'm so glad you know so for me that's success that, that is
0: becoming part of someone's life someone's life through, and through the good and the bad
1: through the good and the bad I'm making a difference and here's a you know here's a you know you you want to be there for your kids. You want to be there for other kids. You want to be there for other human beings. And here was a, you know, something I did creatively. Yeah. Was there for this family when medical science failed. Yeah. And was there to help Help them through. And that's, that's, that's I'll take it. that. That's, that's it. it. That's it. I'm done, right?
0: Grammy nomination, super cool. Great. Would have been great if it went all the way, but you know what? You have that. You have that memory.
1: That's 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 you know, that's why I do it. I I really, you know. I mean, that's why I make the songs I make. That's why I play the shows I play. Because, you know, there will come a time when my thread ends, and I hope that I have the opportunity to share and give back moments like that, and that my music and my art can, can, you know, connect with people in that way.
0: So let's let's spin things forward. Uh, mm-hmm. the present day. Right before we, we hit record on this podcast, you played me a new song. Yeah. What was the new song?
1: Uh, it's the lead-off track and the first single off the new uh, Ralph Covert album. I've got a couple albums coming out. I've got a Ralph's World record coming out, and I've got this new Ralph Covert record out.
0: Uh, and the singles, out. Alex... Uh, Amen,
1: Alex Chilton is sleeping.
0: All right, so this is a five-minute song. We can't share it here, but it is everything we love about Ralph Covert, because you have this very lush buildup around your songwriting. And I guess the first question I would have about the song, is that how you envision it when you wrote it? Because you write from a very spare position, but this song is very, very full sounding. Uh-huh. Did you hear that as you wrote it?
1: Um, No, actually, an interesting story. You're going to... This is really fascinating. And, uh, the, the, okay, this, the production on this song, I crowdsourced it. What do you mean? I mean, I wrote the song, and then I, I published on my website a version of my friend Mike playing piano and me strumming along, and I, I recorded it with a click track. Mm-hmm. And then I put it on my webpage and put it on Facebook and said, Here's this song. And I, I pub, you know, go to my website, download the, the 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 Pro Tools files, download the chord chart, download the click track, add your overdubs, and send them back to me, and we'll combine them. And it sounds awesome. <laughs> you obviously
0: got some great response because it sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. So it was like we put it out there and didn't know what was going to happen, and then we, you know, we played around with it even more at the studio when it came back, and. And, and and found ways to to stitch it all together. I, I,
0: I love that. Now in this song, you, <laughs> there are a couple things going on. First of all, it's uh what it's like to be in a band. Yeah, the hopes and dreams and the, the the realities around being in a band. I'll get you a copy of it. You can include it in the podcast. How about that? I would love it. Uh, but what what I like about the approach, it's something that is very covertian. <laughs> Even when you when you take a cynical approach or have cynical lyrics, you're having so much fun with the way you present your, your music, the way you sing. The It's
1: my daughter calling the building. I'm having an interview. How are you? Oh,
2: I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were still having
1: an interview. <laughs> we are. But you're in okay, it I'll now. Okay, I'll have fun. Are you good? What was your question? Oh, no. We're just going to go to Skylark. Oh, okay. Well, I'll grab you Can a goat. I'll grab you a goat taco on my way out, okay? Yeah, please do. Okay, <laughs> have fun, guys. Okay, bye. 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 Uh, but the, uh, the uh, yeah, I mean, the, the song is Amen, Alex Chilton is Sleeping. For those listeners that don't know, Alex Chilton, uh, Memphis musician, originally had his first success in, with, in the box tops with the song My Baby Done Wrote Me a Letter, number one mm-hmm. record, uh, as a teenager. Uh, after three, four years with that group, came back to Memphis And put together a band called Big Star. They put out a couple records on stacks that critics loved and were complete flops. Mm -hmm. And and kind of band broke up and things submerged from there. Um, This was the mid-70s by then. Uh, By the 80s, people started rediscovering this music and it kind of became this great band that no one had ever heard of. And... Over, it it over, became the Rosetta Stone for so much indie rock that followed. Exactly. Because, yeah, and it was a record that nobody, you know, back then, again, it was physical vinyl. There wasn't the digital thing. So if you found a copy of Big Star, it was like, oh, my God. Like you said, like the Rosetta Stone, uh, the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. All the religious uh, imagery <laughs> right. is well put. Uh, and it uh, has a re- and every, every musician... Lives in fear of making great music and being forgotten. Right? That's kind of like the the ongoing crisis. Because no, most people don't make it. Right. I'm one of the rare success stories, and I'm not a millionaire. I'm like I'm in the one percent, or you know, and yet I'm I'm in the middle of that ten people that are the middle class. <laughs> There's ten of us that are not broke or millionaires, and I'm one of them. Uh, uh so, but Alex Chilton kind of grew to represent, you know, the iconic, uh, great music, but never made it, you know, kind of right to stand. And then, then Paul Rest- Westerberg wrote a song called Alex Chilton about it, and it became even more, uh, you know, famous of an image, right? Mm-hmm. So the song kind of plays off that idea of the. Uh, illusory and hmm. artificial nature of the rock and roll dream mm-hmm. uh, and so it kind of talks about how that dream captures your soul and makes you believe you can do it even though you know you're gonna fail yeah and and talks of you know, mentions name drops in uh, tongue-in-cheek people that have made it and mm-hmm. then says you know amen Alex Chilton is sleeping. Well,
0: it, it's funny because you mentioned the the almost religious like reverence that Big Star commands, and this song feels very religious. You, I mean, the the way it's orchestrated feels like call and response, like hymnal type stuff.
1: Yeah, that's what I was trying to. That was, you know, I was really glad that, I and mean, that was kind of my my thought with it, I and mean, that's the way we kind of mixed and put together some of the
0: and the name dropping as you're mentioning, you know, Oasis and the Beatles. I can't help. But think about your other famous name-dropping moments in music. Not dead yet. Jimmy Page, Yoko Ono. Right. I mean, that's that, that the first time you've mentioned other musicians in song.
1: Yeah, I, I guess not. Well, it's other musicians in the cities. It's like you need to talk about the context. Mm-hmm. So I,
0: I love the song. So that album, the new Ralph Covert album, comes out when?
1: Uh, October, I think we're looking at. Okay.
0: And then the new Ralph's World
1: I think early, early, early August.
0: Which songs come quicker for you? Or is it just whatever comes to you comes to you when it does? Yeah, it's
1: all about it. I mean, <laughs> which comes from Christmas. I have, um, um, at the moment, uh, I have over a hundred um, produced songs at the studio that have not been released. And I've got a couple hundred... You're like Tupac. Uh, re- ...written songs that we haven't tackled in the studio yet. And if I had more time, I'd have more. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it's.
0: It's, it's like a faucet with you. It's, just...
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, the creative process is, is, I mean, when I was younger, my goal was always hundred songs a year and now I'm too busy with, busy with everything that's involved with it to, mm-hmm. to spend that much time. I'd love to spend that much time.
0: I'm impressed. All right. <laughs>
1: All right. So that's what's on the way. It would kill me if I wrote that much because I crushed trying to catch up with what I've got.
0: For real. Uh, All right, so that's what's going on. If people want to catch up with you, Ralph Covert, where do they go? What do they do?
1: Uh, RalphCovert.com is a great place to to start. Uh, I've got Facebook for Ralph Covert, Bad Examples, Ralph's World. Uh, People can go to any of those. Instagram, uh, Twitter, at Ralph Covert. Is Bad Example Stuff streaming? Yeah, everything's available on all the streaming sites. uh, Spotify... Google Music, iTunes, we're as ubiquitous as one can be and be, you know...
0: It's clear you are well in the digital age just by the fact that you crowdsourced and made excellent work.
1: (laughs) We crowdsourced an entire song.
0: I love it. Uh, Before I let you go, I do want to read the Boost Mobile social media message of the week. Uh, I had a rockabilly band in the car last week. Nice. Yeah, it was nuts. So I had a guitarist sitting where you are, Uh uh, another guitarist in the back seat, and a percussionist playing a snare and an egg nice. shaker. It was a little tight. And a harmonica uh, player outside the window. Nice. Leaning in. That was pretty neat. Uh, so I had comments on that, <laughs> them guilty aces. Uh, Rebecca Point says, love them, <clears throat> and they were good. Lala says, I love this, and she followed it up with two hard-eyed emojis and one happy crying emoji, so she really did like it. And uh, we, we did that in the parking lot of Gene and Jude's. Will Kazmaier says, great choice. Too bad the old Cock Robins next door is uh, gone. You're not distracting at all, Ralph Covert. I used to love their double-header ice cream cones. Do you remember Cock Robin, the ice cream place? I, I know. They used to have one in Skokie when I grew up. Uh, also, Rachel Granite says, wow, haven't been there in years. Love that place, Gene and Gene. So Thank you. Uh, if you do comment on this episode, if you comment on uh, my passenger here, Ralph Covert, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, um, it could very well be read right here. Uh, Ralph Covert, you are an immensely talented guy. We didn't even <laughs> scratch the surface of everything you do, the, the books, the everything. Uh, but you are a creative force of nature. And uh, thank you for sharing tacos with me. Thanks for hanging out. I, Thanks, Jim. I, you're you're a fascinating guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you. No, it's been a great, you're a great company. It's great to great to get to hang with you. Here's how it goes. You hear a song. It soothes your soul. You're pulled into the church of rock and roll. And the music seems to have the power to save you The words you hear The melody Conspire to lift you up And somehow set you free And it calls you out to share all that it gave you Next thing you know You find some friends, an old guitar, and
2: it's your destiny that you will be a star. Though all the while you know it's a deception, but you pay the price, you give it all, and you fly high. that you are the exception While Nirvana and the Beatles and Madonna take a bow And the guitars in the bars are gently weeping The winners and the wannabees are ghostly as their
1: MP3s Amen Alex Chilton is sleeping Here's what I mean You buy a van, van. you hit the road, you you shoot a video, and play some shitty shows,
2: and the (laughs) doorman (laughs) says you're really sure (laughs) to make it, (laughs) you count your likes, (laughs) you count your streams,
1: you to quit and you know you never will even when your amp is silent there's music you can
2: Baptized by obscurity, he suffered just like you and me. Amen. Alex Chilton is sleeping while Taylor Swift and Elton John and Jimmy take a bow. And the guitars in the bars are gently weeping. The winners and the wannabes all paid a price for what was free. turn his sleep eh? hey.